Well, hello everyone again. <laughs> this is the fourth and final session uh, talk on the subject of healing. Um, probably won't be the last one ever, but it's the last one in this set of four during November. <clears throat> I'm really pleased we're going to be reading through Mark's Gospel because um, I've, it's probably my favourite Gospel and not only because it's short, but um, it was the gospel that actually had the big impact on me when at the, the tender age of 16 uh, I became born again. Uh, very briefly to tell you about that process, I went to a meeting where somebody essentially uh, preached the gospel and they gave me a very convincing argument to say that Jesus was the Son of God. And I found it intellectually uh, totally satisfying and, and I, I really believed that that, was, that must be the case, uh, that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was everything that he said he was. And because I'd been studying Mark's Gospel as a student and in those days um, we had things called O-levels. Anyone remember those? <laughs> and <coughs> uh, for my... Scripture O-level, um, I had had to basically learn Mark's Gospel off by heart. <laughs> At least know all the stories and be able to regurgitate them when you're asked a question in the exam. And I, so I knew what Jesus had said and what Jesus had done according to those scriptures. And when uh, an argument was presented to me, then I said, I believe that. But it wasn't that in itself was not the, the really major event. Because although in my head I said, yes, I agree with this, um, there was a, a spiritual transaction that had to take place. And probably one or two weeks later, and I can't remember uh, the exact timing, but I know it was on the 10th of October in 1979, that, <clears throat> please, no mental arithmetic now, you'll work out my age, um, when actually the old Rob tribe in spirit died and the new Rob tribe spirit was born. Not my body, that remained the same, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I, I, became, I became born again. There was this, uh, this spiritual element on it. Before I had an opinion, before I had a, a reasoned explanation, but now... I knew that I was a child of God. Now I knew that basically God was my father and I knew Jesus not as somebody I knew about but somebody I actually knew. The reason why I'm mentioning all this is because it's a little bit similar, not totally the same, but with this journey we've been going on to do with healing. Um, because we've brought you lots of scriptures and maybe many convincing truths but there's also got to be a kind of transition where we look at what we, we've come to agree with and actually there's got to be some kind of quickening of faith that it becomes life in us. And in fact, faith is, is actually not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, it says in Ephesians 2. Um, in a way, you can't kind of drum it up. You can't kind of work it up for yourself. It doesn't work like that. Uh, it, it comes as we 
uh, agree with the word and we allow the spirit of God to basically work that miracle in us. So, <coughs> Lord, please do that. Um, I'm just going to bring you a scripture, if I can find the, the clicker, great, uh, which, uh, uh, this is a quick reminder of the, the journey we've been on, if you remember the, this slide came up in the, the first two weeks, and uh, that we, we, we're trying to get to a new level, uh, and we don't want to just droop down to where, where we were before. We've been going on a journey, and we've got to a particular place. Please do not be tempted to get the bus back home again. Uh, just stay with us <laughs> keep, uh, and keep on the journey. Um, here's the scripture I had in mind, and it's uh, what Paul wrote to the Galatians, and I brought this up on Wednesday. Uh, and Paul challenged the Galatians and said, Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Or the, the way the NIV puts it, because you obey the law or because you believe what you heard. And it won't be, um, it won't be a matter of works if, uh, as we take ground in, in terms of healing and we see more healing. It's because we believe uh, what we've heard, that that faith sort of takes root in us uh, and it becomes part of us. We... Let's have a quick look at the ground that we covered. Um, first week, we talked again about the Lord is our healer, Exodus 15. And we also looked at what does that word healing meant, mean, and it, it, it covers a whole variety of things, but at least physical healing, but also mental healing and emotional healing. I brought to you the, the scripture, Psalm 147, verse 2, I believe it is, that, that says he heals the brokenhearted uh, and binds up their wounds. Some of us actually need emotional healing. Uh, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It happens. Things happen in life. And uh, sometimes we need emotional healing. Uh, second week, we looked at God wants us well. Uh, and all the scriptures that support that, and particularly to do with Jesus, and that everybody who came to him and asked for healing was healed. Uh, Tony also brought to us the concept of shalom. It's, it's a, a complete wellness, as well as the normal translation, which is peace, but it's a much bigger word than that. Uh, and that's more really, a, I guess, it, another way of putting that physical, mental, and emotional healing and wellness. Um, and then Drew said, quite simply, look, guys, let's face it. Um, wellness, being well is good, sickness is bad. God good, devil bad. <laughs> and yeah, we went from there. And last week we looked at how, how do we apply this? What do we have to do? And I want to run through uh, some of that again. We talked about it again a little bit on Wednesday. Um, so different ways in which healing may be administered and received. Okay, there are two very important principles by which we go about doing this. Okay, So the first one, where for which we've laid the foundation, is that however we're going to administer healing to one another or to people um, in the community, and 
this exercise is not just about healing within the church. It's for, for healing as we preach the gospel. It's, it's for doing the works that Jesus did and doing the way the things the disciples did. And when Philip went to Samaria, you know, he demonstrated what he was preaching by casting out demons and healing the sick. And when the disciples were sent out, they, um, in the time of Jesus, then they were told as well to cast out demons, heal the sick, preach the kingdom of God. And, you know, that's what they did. The whole thing went together. Um, so two principles. Uh, first principle is the understanding of the word of God and confidence in the word of God. We need to be totally soaked in it. We need to totally get it into our beings. As <clears throat> I know it wasn't applied to healing, but Paul said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, he said to the Colossian church. Um, so let, let that word be, be, become part of you and have complete confidence in it. And the second one is to be led by the Holy Spirit. As we will see in a moment, there wasn't just one way of administering healing. Uh, there were lots of ways in, in which Jesus did it and lots of ways in which the disciples did it. And uh, in that, we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit, be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, we are in submission to the Holy Spirit. So those two principles, uh, hopefully, if you keep those in mind when we look at the different ways in which in which uh, healing can be administered. So number one on the list is praying, and that's probably what you're most used to doing, but as I demonstrated and mentioned again on Wednesday, actually out of the 81 scriptures that I looked at about healing in the New Testament, there wasn't one where anybody actually prayed for somebody uh, to be well. However, there were several situations where people prayed, and there was probably a lot more than that, but there's three where it's particularly mentioned, um, where people prayed before they went and laid hands on, before they um, went and spoke. Um, an example would be where Jesus said, um, thank you that you have heard me. Uh, <coughs> I know that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of those listening. And then he says, Lazarus, come out. There was obviously some prayer had gone on beforehand, um, but the actual action of it uh, was, was not actually praying. And I don't want to put you off praying. If that is what you feel you, you should be doing, then pray. But pray in the name of Jesus. Pray with authority and pray with the understanding that, we, that we've shown you, which, which is that Jesus has already paid the price and God wants us well. We're not coming thinking, Lord, you know, please, please, because, uh, you know, I know you don't, <laughs> you don't really want to, but please would you make an exception in that, this case. No, it is not like that. It, it is that God has not only wants you well, but he has already given Jesus, he has already, uh, Jesus has already uh, paid the price, not only so our sins can be forgiven, but also that we can be healed. So bear that in mind uh, as, as you pray. Praying is also um, talked about in James 5, where, uh, which isn't one of the 81 scriptures I looked at because I only looked at accounts of healing. 
but it says, is any one of you sick? He should go and call the elders to anoint him with oil, lay hands on him, uh, uh, sorry, and, and pray for them. And the prayer of faith will make the sick person well. Okay, second one. Uh, agree with somebody. Get with some, somebody and say, uh, you know, I, I believe I am healed in Jesus' name. I believe I, I want, want you to help me to receive this healing. Can we agree? It's similar to in Matthew 8, 18 where it says, if two or three of you agree um, on it, then it will be done for you. Uh, that's, a, that's a very powerful way of doing it. And it means you're not just standing on your own and saying it's just not just between you and God, but you're actually kind of um, having somebody alongside you. That's very valuable. Um, and, and probably the normal way. Normally, people, I guess, didn't get healed in the Bible just on their own. They got pray- It was because of an administering, ministering of it by someone else. Okay, um, laying on of hands, this happened a great deal of the time. Uh, so in some way, healing was passed on through touch. Uh, and this is very biblical. Sometimes just a word was spoken, just speaking and uh, proclaimed. Uh, for example, Paul saw that there was a, a man in Lystra who was crippled from birth, and he saw as he was preaching that this man had faith to be healed, and so he just says to him, stand on your feet. Peter and John, they came across a, a beggar at, the, uh, at the, the gate known as Beautiful at the temple, and he says... I don't have silver and gold, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus. Stand up and walk. It's speaking a word, proclaiming a word. Sometimes Jesus would say, you can go. Your, uh, your son is well, or your daughter is well. Um, and that's all it took. Uh, rebuking, an example, for example, uh, would be that... Uh, there was a sickness that, that needed rebuking. Maybe there was a, a spirit behind it. Uh, maybe not. Uh, when, he, when Jesus came to the home of Peter, his mother-in-law was sick, and it, it says in Luke that he rebuked the fever, and she got up and waited on them. That's nice, isn't it? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> wasn't sort of like... Uh, yeah, you stay in bed. You need to just recover a little bit, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll get the tea. You know, um, uh, clearly she was you know made completely well. And, but uh, okay, anointing with oil uh, only in the New Testament, only really mentioned twice. One is the disciples went and anointed many people with oil and saw them healed in response to Jesus sending them out, and the other one is in James five that talks about. Um, as the one I've already quoted, uh, the leaders coming and, and uh, praying and anointing somebody with oil. Uh, it wouldn't have been the anointing oil as in... If you look at ex, the book of Exodus, there's a recipe for a special sanctified anointing oil, which has got not only olive oil, but um, other things such as myrrh and many other spices, and has to be specially prepared. And everybody else was forbidden from using that. It was only to be used uh, for the priest, and it was, I think it was used to anoint the altar. Um, that's clearly not what... The, there wasn't a special oil that the 
disciples were using, so it's quite possible that it was just olive oil being the most common oil at the time. We don't have to get wor wor worried about a particular type of oil. Uh, finally, believing in faith, and a good example of that is the woman who touched the cloak of Jesus because she got healed without Jesus doing anything <laughs> apart from just walking along. In fact, Jesus didn't even know who had touched him. And sometimes uh, just believing in faith according to the word of God is enough. There's a, a great story um, which was told by, or about Smith Wigglesworth. He was, as I've said before, uh, an evangelist, uh, had a great healing ministry and was very active about 100 years ago. And <laughs> he, relatively recent, because all the other times we've been talking about Bible times, so 100, what's 100 years? You know, it was pretty recent, wasn't it? And he would sometimes... Uh, receive letters, in fact, a lot of the time he would receive letters from people saying, I'm sick, and could you send me a handkerchief or something? And they would kind of lay hands, he and his household would lay hands on a handkerchief, and they would send back to the person who had written to them, and the person would then put that sort of handkerchief under their pillow or whatever, and often receive healing as a result of it. This is actually another biblical example because uh, Paul did a similar kind of thing. Anyway, there was one letter that he received, and it was from a woman who was very sick, and she explained all the scriptures in this letter that she believed in. And Smith Wigglesworth read it through, and he sort of thought about it a bit, and then he passed it to his son-in-law and said, what do you think of that? And because most letters aren't like this. And so instead of sending her a handkerchief, he sent her back her own letter and said, believe all the things that you've just said and you'll be healed. <laughs> <laughs> and she received the letter and they got another letter saying that's exactly what happened. Uh, sometimes all you need to do is to <coughs> grasp hold of it yourself. Okay. Where have we got to? There, I also uh, probably need to complement this with the idea of remaining well and also holding on to healing. So it, we need faith not only to, to get well, um, but we need faith also to remain well. And so I would just... Uh, urge you that if, I put it this way, sickness comes knocking at your door, then basically don't open the door to it. By, and you think, well, oh, can you really help it? Well, sometimes it's a battle, I, I give that to you. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you, you kind of resist it and it's, uh, and it's very hard work. But if we can at least have the attitude of, I'm not receiving this, this isn't from God. Um, I'm, I'm going to take authority over it. And many times, that's exactly um, I, I've, what I've done, and, and I've found success in it. Last week, I stood here, and I gave you an example about a pain in the knee, and I think I said the same thing to you, so I'm, I'm starting to resist it. Okay. <coughs> about the next day, I started to have this really strong pain in my knee. I mean, it was like, oh, oh. 
really, really bad. Said, what is that? I'm not having that. Um, but it was pretty persistent, and every time I felt it, and I was saying, and I was saying, no, this is, <laughs> I'm not having it. You're trying it on, aren't you? Um, on uh, Thursday, I believe it was, I was walking down the road. I was, I was on my way to a boat at Fulham. And uh, this same thing kept happening to me. And I said, I believe I'm healed because of what the scripture says. And instead of actually rebuking it, I started to say, to just sing and, and, and thank God, say thank you for your healing. Um, I don't have this problem now. Uh, and uh, yeah, we need to just, it says resist the devil and he will flee from you. He hasn't got the authority. We have the authority. Uh, I'm not saying it's always easy and that you feel like it, because if you're feeling lousy, it's the last thing you feel like doing is resisting. But nevertheless, resist. Um, how are we doing for time? We talked on Wednesday about some of the things that actually prevent us from receiving healing, some of the obstacles. And I really thank the people that were there for some of you actually shared exactly you know, what you felt were the obstacles that, you know, things that prevented you from receiving healing or maybe even um, administering healing to others. Uh, there is really no place for any condemnation in admitting where you're at and or accusation. Please let no one point the finger at anyone else and say, you ought to be like this. There is <coughs> the... The word Satan, I believe, means accuser. He's the one who does the accusing. It's not for us, the children of God, to be accusing one another. So please understand where I'm coming from. Uh, here are some... Ooh, let's move forward. So, uh, here are sort of the major things that I've considered. And I, I'm going to be putting a lot of this and the answers to them and scriptures to them, things that combat them, into a sort of little sheet or booklet that I, I, I'll produce maybe next week, the week after, and so that you'll have scriptures that you can refer to to combat some of these things. But uh, here's the mo probably the major one is this one. It's unbelief, lack of expectation. I've, uh, I've put them together because they're sort of similar but not quite the same thing. Unbelief is a stronger term really, and actually contained in it is some, some level of refusal to believe. And often there's, a, there's some of that in us and we don't even know it, I believe. Um, lack of expectation, well, that's more general and, and obviously a result of, of unbelief. But there can be a, um, a kind of passivity, can't there? And we don't, we're doing this, but actually we don't really expect it to happen. And what feeds into that is uh, a wrong theology. Well, we've talked about the, the theology of healing, um, but we, we can have a wrong way of thinking about God, a wrong belief about God. Uh, another area is negative voices, and the th third one is past disappointments. So under these might be are a whole load of uh, specifics which I don't have time to go into, but I will produce in the, in the sheet that I'm, I've mentioned. Um, here's uh, two other areas that 
cause uh, or, uh, are obstacles for us to receiving healing. And here I have put a few specifics in. Um, so lack of desire, it, lack of desire to be healed. And actually, in some of these, there isn't an answer. <laughs> and for some people, if they don't want to get well, then, that, then it won't happen, <laughs> basically. And there is not much that you can say. And because God doesn't want to act against your will. And nor should we. Um, but here are some things that might cause lack of desire. Um, you might say, I've got complete peace about living with the illness. Um, God provides me with everything I need. And I don't really have an answer for that. If that is where you're at, that is where you're at. <laughs> um, here are some things that you might want to change, though. For example, you might think, if I get healed, I will lose my... And there might be some kind of privilege or um, financial gain in being unwell. Um, it might be, I don't know, a disabled parking space or something. It, it could be a whole load of, of things, OK? Um, it can be very real and a genuine reason why, which can get in the, in the way of us healing because we actually, actually don't want it. I'm not condemning anybody in that situation, um, but that can be a reason. Um, or you might feel, I'm not confident if I get healed, um, I might then have to go out to work. I'm not confident I could get a job anymore. It's, it's possible some people... I, by the way, I'm not thinking about any particular person in all of this. I compiled the list uh, completely abstractly, <laughs> just, just from kind of knowledge experience and really praying about it. And then one at the bottom there, it's, it's too much effort to have faith. It's easier to take the medicine and treatment. Uh, that can also feed into lack of desire. And if this is the case, then... That is, that is what it is, really. You, you might want to actually recognise that that is the case and that you're feeling like that, but I wouldn't have a scripture, really, to combat that. Um, last one I put is um, fear that it won't happen. Um, if, if I pray for healing, if I uh, look to God and expect healing, um, and it doesn't happen then I'm not sure my faith is going to be able to cope with that. It's going to rock me too much. It's going to mean I can't trust God for anything else. Uh, there are some scriptures we can feed to build you up, but I'm, I'm not going to do that now. Um, but those are the kind of obstacles that we can overcome. And thank you, everybody, who, who helped to uh, bring some of these to light. Um, we are in a, a spiritual battle really, and uh, the, the oh, beg your pardon. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about past disappointment, and time's going very quickly, um, because I think that's quite a big one. The reason why I don't have faith, the reason why I don't really expect it, because I prayed in the past and it, it didn't happen. Um, I was really believing for it, uh, and it didn't happen. Um, so, it's a difficult one, I agree. Uh, the, so the first, first thing to say in that, as I've already said, is we are engaged in a spiritual battle. 
and our faith might not be where we really think it is. Um, there is often unbelief lurking below us, as a, you know, below the surface, and I think that, as I've said before, it's like we're injected uh, with unbelief at birth. It's part of the vaccination process. <laughs> as, as, we, as we grow up in a, uh, an environment which is a completely kind of secular, then everything, all the voices around us are actually basically saying, God's not real. Miracles can't happen, really. Um, it's, it's not possible. And we've got all of that to overcome uh, when we come to God. Um, despite all that, amazing miracles happen all over the world and there are healing testimonies. But uh, we haven't got time to, probably today, to, to even read one of those. But it, God is doing amazing things despite the fact that we, we have, in, that is our Western mindset. Um, so that's the first thing to, is to take responsibility and say, yes, I have, maybe I haven't got the faith that I should have, um, but I'm still going to pursue this. Uh, I'm going to not give up. Um, we, there are some battles we might lose, but God's word is true. Okay, the second thing is to say that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't come from our experience primarily. And so we need to just focus on what God says. Keep our focus on that. Put aside the fact that this happened to me or this didn't happen to me. Um, and, yeah, just keep looking, keep reading the, the word of God and be open to it, submit to him, allow him to change you through it. Uh, and the third thing is really, it's a matter of obedience. 2 John 1.6 says, this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. Um, so we may not understand what happened, but our responsibility is not, uh, is not to do anything except to obey what, what Jesus commanded. Um, so in submission to him, we need to actually continue to, to do what he says. We have come to the end of our time, and I've still got half my sermon left. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just read a couple of scriptures together uh, in finishing. I've got loads up here, so we're not going to pick all of them. But it's just quite good, isn't it, to just build faith, focus on God's word, and remind ourselves of what he says. So uh, let's see, see where we get to. We'll probably pick three. Okay, let's read this together. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. That's from Psalm 103. This next one is Psalm 147. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Uh, 
Let's go for this one, James 5, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Can we stand to pray together? Let's re reach out your hands to God. Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, we thank you that no plan of yours can be thwarted, ultimately. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us precious promises. We thank you, Lord, for your, your promise of healing. We thank you for your demonstration in your life on earth for healing. And we thank you for the authority uh, that you have given us to apply and administer your healing one to an another and, uh, and for those outside the church as well. And Lord, we pray for faith. We pray for faith in it uh, to rise up in us. Lord, we repent of uh, any unbelief that has uh, got in the way of us both receiving and administering healing. Uh, we turn away from that, and Lord, help us to recognize it in ourselves. Uh, and Lord, we, we pray that you would lead us by your Holy Spirit um, as, we, as we go forward. We thank you for the, the step change that we have made. We thank you, Lord, that we were at that place and we're now at this place. And Lord, we pray for the ability to remain there, to hold fast to your word, uh, and to be led into more and more situations Lord, where we can be vehicles, we can be conduits for your healing to others. And Lord, w ways in which we can receive healing uh, for ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.